can I have mental health issues and still be a follower of Jesus? If this is something that we struggle with, how do we get help but still trust in God? How many other people struggle with mental health issues too? Probably a lot more than you think. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. This is our last week of our series, Asking for a Friend. We're talking about mental health, and this is a conversation that's just not had often enough. Lots of people wrestle with mental health and how it fits into our lives alongside of our faith. And this morning, we're leaning into this topic and sharing what God has to say about it. Here's Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see you here. And if you're joining us online, welcome as well. If it's your first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you and say thanks for being here with us. My name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we are excited that you're worshiping with us. And we're in our last week of this series called Asking for a Friend. And we've had some great conversation. There's been some difficult and some challenging questions um, that we've walked through the past few weeks. And so we're going to end today with one more question. And I believe God wants to speak to us. We've said this all along the way as we've wrestled with different questions that God's word is the foundation for our life, not our opinions or feelings. And so with everything, the questions that we've been asking for a friend, the difficult topics that we've been walking through, we've said that it's God's word that is the foundation for our life, that we go to scripture and that determines um, what we do with how we feel and what we do with the situations around us and how we view different things and the conversations that we have. It's God's word that is the foundation for our life. That's what we build our life upon. And so it's not our opinions. It's not an article we read on Facebook. It's not even what someone else experienced. It is the word of God that is the foundation for our life. And so the question we want to look at today and we want to tackle today is this right here. Can I have mental health issues and still be a follower of Jesus? Can I have mental health issues and still be a follower of Jesus? We've had people in our church ask this question, and we tried to kind of talk through this and look at this. What does Scripture say about this? And many times we look at a lot of different areas of our life, and and we don't really, you know, we kind of push through in our faith with this. And sometimes when this comes up right here, we think, well, this kind of proves that we don't have faith or maybe we don't have trust in God. And I do not believe that is the case at all. As we look through scripture, we're going to look at this, what God's word says about our mental health. And God's word talks a lot about this, about the peace that God wants to bring in our life and how God desires, once again, that we would not be overcome with depression or worry and anxiety. But we want to look at, well, how do we have faith even in the midst of this? Now, some of you may have had periods where you've struggled with your mental health, and others of you, this may have not been an issue in your life, but I can almost guarantee you there is someone in your sphere of influence, a friend, a coworker, a family member, that may be too scared, too afraid to speak up and vocalize what they've been through or even what they're wrestling through right now. And so I want to encourage you to take notes, to listen to the voice of God, Because God wants to open up that opportunity, or if this is something that you've struggled with in the past, or even that you're going through right now, God has something that he wants to speak to you, something that he wants to say in your life to encourage you and to challenge you this morning. And so we're going to look at this. Can I be a follower of Christ with mental health issues? And the first thing that I want us to realize is this, it's that you are not alone. 
So if you're going through this, you are not alone. If you have a family member that's going through this, they are not alone in this. And the beauty of scripture, the beauty of the word of God is it is full of stories of people after people, generation after generation that had struggles in their life, that had real issues that they were facing and situations that they were going through all different kinds. And the Bible doesn't shield us from the ugly side of people's life or even the difficult side of people's life, but it's very open and honest with what's going on. And it's, it does that to give us an example, to remind us, hey, we're not alone. One of the number one things that the enemy wants to do with any struggle, any addiction, anything in your life, or if it's mental health issues, depression or anxiety, he wants to tell you you're by yourself. No one else knows what you're going through. This is not okay. God's no longer with you. God's not for you. You have to go through this by yourself. And that is a lie from the enemy. You are not alone. And all, you don't have to open up scripture that far and you begin to see story after story. In Numbers chapter 11, we see Moses, this great leader, possibly one of the greatest leaders of all times. And he's walking with the people of God. He's taking them out of slavery, out of bondage. And in Numbers chapter 11, verse 15, he basically just makes this statement, Lord, just go ahead and kill me. Like, let me die. I'm done. Because here's what was happening. He's leading hundreds of thousands of people and they're complaining, they're whining, they're upset with God, they're upset with Moses. They're like, Moses, you're, you just brought us out here to die. There's all of these grievances. And maybe your family feels like that sometimes. Or maybe your workplace feels like that sometimes. You're trying to lead others. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how great of a leader you are, they're just complaining. No one seems to be behind you. It feels so difficult to lead people. No matter what your situation is in the home or in the workplace or with family members or whatever that is, it can feel sometimes as a struggle. And Moses felt that and he said, God, I feel like just giving up. Why am I going to keep going on? Why, why am I going to continue in this? You look at David, this amazing king in Israel's history that we read about in the Bible who wrote many of the Psalms that we read. And as you read through them, most of them contain like a prayer and a cry of God, why am I going through this? And in Psalms chapter 22, you see that he even cries out, God, it feels like you've forsaken me. Why have you forsaken me? Where are you at in the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of my situation? He's very honest with God. This is what I'm feeling, Lord. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling stress, God. I'm worried about what's going on around me. And yet David was considered a man after God's own heart. And he was honest about these struggles. He was open about that. Solomon who was one of the wealthiest and one of the wisest men that ever lived. And if you've ever read through the book of Ecclesiastes, Sarah, my wife, and I were walking through the Bible and we just finished Ecclesiastes. And I'm telling you, it's the most depressing book in the Bible, okay? Like you read this and he says, it's vanity. It's vanity. All of this is vanity. Like it's worthless. Life is just a waste of time. Why were we even born? And Chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter, this guy full of wisdom is saying, I'm looking all around at violence, I'm looking at evil, and I'm wondering, God, why is all of this, what's going on? And he said, it just seems like you work, and it's worthless, you look for pleasure, and it's worthless, like you try to get riches, it's worth." He's like, all of this is worthless. He was in a depressed state, what was going on in his life, and then he comes to chapter 12, and he says, God, you bring purpose, and you bring meaning to my life, that even at the end of that, there was a hope that Solomon had because he was trusting in God. You look at the great prophet Elijah. 
in this amazing, one of the most amazing moments in the Bible where he's facing 450 false prophets that worshiped a false God and he calls down fire from heaven and God consumes this sacrifice, consumes this altar. Israel's hearts are turned back to God. They're like, okay, we're gonna stop worshiping false gods. We're gonna start worshiping the true God. And what does Elijah do? He takes off running into the desert. And once again, like, kind of like Moses, he says, God, I just wanna die. After this amazing victory, you would think this is the moment of faith, right? He's just seen God show up. Israel's turning back to God. And yet Elijah in this moment, it seems like he's wrestling with depression in his life. He's struggling with this. And so we see this throughout scripture, these great heroes of the faith that are dealing with these issues. They're dealing with moments of feeling defeated, of feeling worthless, of not understanding maybe the purpose that God has for their life, of wanting to give up. And yet in all of this, God brings hope, God brings comfort. In each of these stories, God ministers to these individuals and lets them know that he's here with them, that he's for them, that he has their back. And we need, as we read through scripture, to be reminded of that truth that you are not alone. You're not going through this by yourself. And if you face seasons of your life of depression or even anxiety, God has not given up on you, that God is with you and that he is there even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of the dark night to help you overcome and to help you conquer what it is that seems to be oppressing you or what it seems to be overcoming you. And so I love scripture because it reminds us of that, that God is for us and that we're not alone. Great heroes of the faith, they've gone through this. And these aren't just stories that happened thousands of years ago. There are people right now, strong Christians, great leaders that have wrestled with these issues. And so I wanted to take a moment and I wanted to invite someone to the stage and have them share part of their story. So if you guys would welcome Hunter to the stage, give him a big round, big hand this morning. Hunter, now it seems like a long time, but I guess it's only been about 10 months. Um, that we've known each other and we've got to know each other. Hunter is an amazing leader, so I'll just take a second and brag on him. He um, helps out in a lot of different areas. You probably see him most behind this drum shield right there because he, he's got some great skills on the drums, but he also serves in our, our student ministry. You've been on the stage before and shared wisdom and what God's spoken to you. And so I wanted you to just take a moment and just as we talk about this, our mental health and following Christ and faith and what that looks like, to just share a little bit of your story. You've shared that with me of some of the struggles you've gone through with mental health and just how that's interacted with your faith. So I grew up um, in the church my entire life. Uh, my parents were youth ministers when I was young. So I knew what church was. I knew who Jesus was. Um, so I lived the life, I guess you say, for Christ. I would say honestly, and I'm going to be honest, um, like I said in the last last interview I had, I'm hot, yeah. honest, open, and transparent with my communication. Um, and so I've been struggling with mental illness for about 10 years now with depression yeah. and anxiety. Um, I could honestly tell you the exact moment yeah. that I remember something switched, something okay. changed. Um, it was back in seventh grade. I got bullied really bad, where yeah. it was actually where um, I got... I got attacked at school. I got my nose broken. I had a concussion. Wrist, my left wrist was broken on the growth plate uh, on both sides. Um, so uh, glory to God that I got healed because the doctor said I would never be able to drum again. Okay. I think that's what kind of threw me into that, that, that switch. Yeah. Um, I was like a super athletic, skinny kid, and then I became not. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, put, I did put on my quarantine 15. I'm not going to lie. Um, and still, still 
pounding on that quarantine. Um, but I know for me, it was a lot of bullying and a lot of body image issues that I dealt with. Yeah. Um, we, we don't hear a lot of, like, I guess you say men dealing with body image issues. But mm -hmm. for me, uh, when I was oppressed and anxious, I ate a lot of food. And food yeah. is good. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like, food is fantastic. But, you know, there's the right ways of doing it and the wrong ways of doing it. And I was very much um, dealing with a lot of that. And so my parents randomly drug tested me one time because okay. they saw switching me. I didn't know it. They did the hair one. They just, oh, like, really? Okay. Pulled the hair. <laughs> my mom just always did that anyway. It's like she would just come and just like pull my hair yeah. when I'm sitting down or she'd just come like pop a finger or pop a yeah. toe. So it, was, it wasn't like anything bad. Um, but I'd say the worst point in my life was my junior year of high school mm -hmm. when I tried to take my own life. Um, I went to the medicine cabinet and I took as many as possible there was in there, okay. hoping to go to bed and not wake up. Yeah. I figured if I just go to bed, it'll be peaceful. I won't wake up. Like yeah. it's gonna be fine. Um, not gonna worry about that. I never even wrote a note. Nothing. Mm. I was just like, I don't want nobody to know what I dealt. Well, I felt so ashamed of what I was dealing with. Yeah. So I never wanted anyone to know. Um, and so then, flash forward a few years. Um, graduating high school, yeah. uh, got the call into ministry when I was young, decided to ditch my full ride scholarship to music education yeah. performance for ministry, and I realized, like, there's been something wrong for a long time, and yeah. I need to get it fixed. Um, so I went and saw a Christian counselor. Um, I am all for counseling. Yes. Um, I had multiple people in my life tell me, oh, you, you, you're you a Christian. You can't go to counseling. And I'm like, yeah. well, then why do they have Christian counselors if yeah. I can't go to counseling? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I say? They're like, well, yeah. So um, flash forward to counseling. And then for the past, I would say, two and a half years, it's been on the road to, I guess, say recovery. Yeah. Um, still deal with it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, even the corona and the COVID-19 everything um, dealt with some of it yeah. throughout this time as well. Yeah. And so I know you'd mentioned just in that last part of just telling your story, like sometimes it's hard to admit that. And why, you know, having struggled with that, why do you think that is, especially maybe within the, the church or within our Christian faith, why is that difficult to admit and even seek out help sometimes? So I think the church has a perception that we are perfect people, like people outside of church and sometimes inside church, yeah. they have this perception that we're perfect. Mm -hmm. um, we are, but we're perfectly imperfect people yeah. trying to follow a perfect God and try to strive and be more like him every single day yeah. um, and show his love and grace and mercy. So we are perfect, just not the type that everyone thinks that yeah. we are. <laughs> and so, and for me growing up in church, I think it was when I did step into ministry and I was talking to my to my pastors above me who were overseeing me, and I said, hey, uh, there's something that's been wrong for a long time. I want to mm -hmm. get it fixed. And they were just like, you just need the Holy Spirit. You just don't have enough of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And it's funny that we're, I say that because it's Pentecost Sunday today. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, just like, okay, cool. Um, so I would always get told by pastors and even teachers inside the church that, like, why, would, why do you need to go seek help? Like, when you've got the Holy Spirit, like, you don't need nothing in life. Mm -hmm. You don't need medicine. You don't need counselors. You don't need that. You, you, you just rely on the Holy Spirit. That's what God has provided for you. So I think, uh, and we just haven't talked about it in the church. Yeah. It's not talked about. So I'm super glad for this series. This is some of the questions that we've been talking about. I'm like, wow, we really don't talk about that as a church. Yeah. And honestly, we, I think, you know, like you said, you just shared, like, the great people in the Bible that we look to as greats in the Bible. Yeah struggle with it yeah and so if they can struggle with it I think we can too yeah no that's really that's really good um so you mentioned that maybe just if someone's listening you know they're watching online or even sitting here and they're like I've never been to a counselor or, or maybe even 
around medicine, you know, that there's different medicines that people take in seasons that help with anxiety and stress. Um, just what were your experiences with those? How did you process through that? Uh, my, my, ex- my first experience, I guess you say, was very unhealthy. Okay. Um, before I went to counseling, the unhealthy ways of me coping with depression and anxiety were um, doing things that were sinful. You know, yeah. uh, the overeating. So um, now I'm blanking on what the official term of that is. <laughs> Um, but just overeating, yeah. uh, just doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing to your body, okay. um, just immoral stuff. Like sins were what I went to, I guess, because I found relief in other things that yeah. weren't God. Um, so I had to really find and align myself with what, what is godly. How can I relieve myself with, like, God? Like, how can I find that relief that I need? Um, so with yeah. God, I found, th- for me personally, there's probably many things out there. For me personally, it was medicine, um, counseling, and mentors. Okay. Um, and C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It's easier to say my tooth is aching than to say my heart is broken. Yeah. Man, and, and I think that was a, just honest an honest look. Proverbs 11.14 says, where there's no guidance of people falls, but an abundance of counselors, there is yeah. safety. And so once I realized that, I went to a leadership conference um, a few years ago. Dr. Henry Cloud was speaking, yeah. and I came back, and I was like, well, I just heard, like, a Christian. I, I should, like, so I Googled, like, Christian counselors. Like, yeah. that, that's what I did. I clicked on the first website. I'm like, this guy seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> Went in and did counseling. Uh, probably not the best way to Google a counselor, mm-hmm. like, find a good counselor. <laughs> I know um, you guys, we have some resources yeah, we on our website. Yeah. Um, and so I highly suggest counseling. And I always tell people, like, if you think you're good, just go anyways. There might be some skeletons in the closet that we don't yeah. we don't know about. And so, yeah. um, for me, I know medicine is this taboo thing. Mm-hmm. And so, what one person told me is, if chemother- chemotherapy can help cancer patients, why can't antidepressants help depressed patients? Yeah. God created both medicines. Mm-hmm. He created someone to create those. And so, why would we? I guess you say, one thing as like a good thing to help people. Yeah. And one thing as a, oh no, you can't do that mm-hmm. because, you know. It's weird. Yeah. But God created both, and they're both beneficial. And so when that person told me that, I was like, okay, I can take the medicine now. Yeah. So any, any other tips or maybe any other comments? If someone's sitting here and maybe they're afraid to speak out or maybe they're dealing with this, or if we have close family members that are dealing with this, any tips or any insights you want to give? Um, so is your first point. We're not alone. Yeah. Um, and I know for me and what I tell people, um, what worked for me is because I work all the time. Um, just getting up and going to work was half the battle. Yeah. Uh, when I was depressed and anxious, I didn't want to get out of bed. But if I just went to work, at least there was something. Um, so I always tell people, get up and go to work. Go do work something that's healthy. Go do gardening. Go do something yeah. that's going to get you up and out of bed and work. Um, the, I, what, one thing I realized is I thought the people closest to me would judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't. Like, I thought my, like, my parents, like, I'm very close to them. Um, and they knew that I was struggling, but I didn't yeah. want to share. I felt like they would be ashamed of their, their son yeah. if I was to share. And I know that is not what they feel, yeah. um, but I felt that. And so the people close to me, when I finally opened up, it was actually, I realized how much support there actually was. So, you know, there might have been some people in my life that were judgmental, non-supportive, but then I realized that haters going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need those people <laughs> in our lives. And so going through a study with uh, some of the singles in our church, holla. Um, and so we're going through a book called Relationship Goals by Michael Todd yeah. um, together. 
And so one of the things that he said is that relationships are so key to everything that we do. Um, we don't, like, if relationships aren't working out for us, we don't need, like, this God miraculous miracle to point out that that's not good for us. Yeah. Um, so I think that was key in my help with depression and anxiety is figuring out what I knew the people that weren't good for me. I knew what wasn't good for me and just yeah. to do that. And so um, I wanted to say this quote from the book and then just a scripture of encouragement if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so he says this. Um, and so when I dealt with depression and anxiety, it's me personally, it was all towards myself. Was, everything was against myself. Okay. You see it nowadays. Uh, is seen it in 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. Was yeah. like, I cried through all three seasons. I'm, I'm, I admit it. I'm an emotional man. I cry. <laughs> like, it's okay. Um, I cried through yeah. all three seasons of that. But one of the things that I realized is that it causes a lot of self-harm. Yeah. And so, and when you cause self-harm, it says, Michael Todd says, according to the word of God, there's a prerequisite for loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. The two greatest commandments is to love your God and to yeah. love your neighbor as yourself. You can love your neighbor only at the level that you love yourself. Most of us spend so much time hating things about ourselves, we don't realize we're crippling our ability to love others. And that's good. Yeah. I read that this week, and I, I just started crying. I was like, wow, I'm so hard on myself. Yeah. I'm one of the hardest critics out there on myself compared to anyone else. And so I'm reading that. But Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they wait upon the Lord. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And Isaiah 41 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Yeah. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous hand. And just having that encouragement that I think we feel like, I, for me, it was I feel ashamed if I go to God. Yeah. And he's the one that's like, I have you. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Just talk about it. And so I think the biggest thing that people don't do is talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing to get through is talk about it. But don't just talk about it to anybody. Don't just mm-hmm. find some random person at Walmart to just <laughs> be like, let me tell you yeah. about my mental health. Go to your pastors. Go to yeah. your, your parents, your, your spouse, your best friends. They're going to be the ones that are going to be there alongside you. Yeah. And so that's who you should go to. Yeah. Can we give Hunter a hand? Thank you so much for just take air high five for sharing that. I appreciate it. And that's so good. And we need to be encouraged just so much of what Hunter said, that that's good. We need to hear that not only for ourselves, but once again, for people around us that may be experiencing that, that may be going through that. And I want to encourage you with this is when we're dealing with these or or people that we know that are going through these, we need both the hope of Christ in our life and we need helps. We need things that are going to help us um, as we're walking through this. And so I want to encourage you with this is our hope is in Jesus. The scripture tells us that over and over again, that our hope is in Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians, and you can write this down and look at this later. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, Paul says this. He says, we don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are just seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so Paul, this great leader, someone who wrote much of the New Testament, he's saying that we have a hope in Christ. Our hope isn't just what's in temporary, but what is in what is eternal. And so we see that over and over again in scripture. Our hope is in Jesus. That's where we put our trust. That's where we put our faith. Even when our feelings are telling us God's not for us, we continue to come back to that. God, I trust in you. God, I declare that. You may need to say it out loud. God, I just declare that, Lord, that I trust in you, God, that you are for me. God, you're with me, Lord, that you are my hope, God. And so you're ultimately going to be my salvation. 
You're ultimately going to be my deliverance, God. You're ultimately going to be my freedom in all of these things that I'm going through. God, my hope is in you. But also, and this is where we so many times miss it, and Hunter talked about this, even as Christians, we try to offer good advice, we try to offer things, and we're like, it's just Jesus. But Jesus has given us helps along the way. He's given us people to walk alongside of us. And Hunter mentioned that, that scripture that's found in the book of Proverbs there, in Proverbs eleven fourteen, when it says this, that where there is no guidance, a people fail, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. And God's word tells us over and over again, you're to look for wisdom. You're to seek out wisdom and guidance and understanding. And that goes to every part of your life, your finances, your relationships. It goes to your mental health that you're seeking out wisdom. You're seeking out counselors. You're getting outside advice for people that can speak into your life. And so I've said this before, but there are different seasons of my life where I've gone to a counselor and I've said, hey, here are things that I need to work on. Here are things that I need to work through. We're an adoptive family. We've done foster care. And so that's part of it. Um, part of it is my mental health. Part of it is understanding how to process emotions. All of these things, I am seeking outside guidance and wisdom because I know that God has brought other voices into my life to help me. We need that inside of our life. It made me think of this. I watch Parks and Rec. I don't know if any of you guys watch that or any fans out there, okay. One of the guys, um, Rob Lowe, his name on the show is Chris Traeger, okay. And he, he's kind of hard on himself, kind of a, a difficult guy. Like he, he's really physically fit, but he's worried about like his physical health all the time, really stressed and anxious. And in one episode, he says this, Dr. Richard Nygaard, who I see 15 times a week, and this is his counselor, and he made his counselor give him like a certificate um, that he goes that much and that he's improving. And um, that seems like a lot, but however much you need that, you need outside voices, okay? You need people constantly that are going to be speaking into your life, encouraging you, challenging you, equipping you, giving you tools and tips. And that's what counselors are great at, are giving tools. How do I process through this? How do I grieve? How do I create space where I need to create space? How do I pause? How do I have some of these conversations? We need outside wisdom in our life when we're dealing with things like our mental health and what we're going through. There's also things, and I want you to hear this, and Hunter talked about that as well, of God has given us medicine. And once again, it's so easy when I have a cold that I may take you know, a cold medicine or I have a headache and I'll take Tylenol or aspirin or something like that. And yet we're so adverse many times to taking medicine as it comes to our mental health. And I want to encourage you, once again, this may be a help that God has given you in this season of your life to overcome, to get back on track, to get that motivation that you need. And we don't need to say, hey, God, if I'm taking this, I've given up on my faith. I doubt any one of us, when we take a Tylenol, would say, God, I've given up on my faith, right? We understand that, God, we still ultimately trust in you, that you're our healer. And God, you've given us helps in our life. And it comes to that. It's like that as well with our mental health. And we need to understand that. And we need to be gracious in that way as we talk with people and encourage them. If that's what God has brought in their life to help them, that, that they would take that, if that's what's going to help them grow. And ultimately, our, our trust, once again, it's in God. Our focus is on Christ. He's our encouragement. So I want to give you just um, four things really quickly that if you're facing this or if you're talking with someone 
And as a believer, we need to discern. If you see someone at your work and it seems like they're struggling, that you would listen, that you would ask these questions. And these may be things that could help them. The first, and Hunter mentioned this at the close, is scripture reflection. Reflecting on God's word. That is vital inside of our life, that we would find passages where God talks about his peace. In Isaiah, where God says, don't be full of fear. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I am with those verses that we can reflect on. And when our mind is telling us the wrong thing, that scripture, we would begin to mentally change those thought patterns and mentally change our process. And so scripture is an amazing tool. It's an amazing thing that God has given us once again to help us as it comes to processing through our mental health and what's going on. Another thing that I have found that is great is a gratitude journal. And so many times, if you're facing depression or anxiety or you're overcome with worry, it's just stopping and realizing God, you've blessed me. You've blessed me in so many ways. And it could be that at the end of your day, maybe you take a moment or two, maybe you just have a few lines and you write down, God, this is what you did today. God, this is how you provided. This is how you showed up. It's in the small things, the sunrise and the sunset, conversation with friends, laughter, what you enjoyed, the amazing food that you ate, whatever that is, how God has blessed your life. And just stopping and reflecting on that can change your mood. It can change your attitude. It can change your thought process when you practice gratitude in your life. And you recognize that God has given that to us. Another thing that may be helpful are just statements of declaration. Statements of declaration. Um, A couple of my friends here at the church, we've gone through this together at different times. And there's a book called Search for Significance. And he gives you this author, Robert McGee, gives you this statement. I'll just read you part of it. He says this, because of Christ's redemption, because of what Jesus did, I am a new creation of great worth. There's something powerful about hearing that every day, telling yourself that I am deeply loved, I am completely forgiven, and I am totally accepted by God. And that last line, as I begin to say that day in and day out, I am totally accepted by God. For some of you, you need to hear that daily. You need to remind yourself of that daily. I am totally accepted by God, that he loves us, that he wants to be near us. And sometimes it's that simple statement. You may need to get in front of your mirror, look yourself in the eye and say it out loud. God, you love me. God, you are for me. What we sang this morning, God, you are for me in everything that I go through. God, you're with me. Your presence and your face, it's shining down upon me. And I don't know what that statement may be in your life, but I wanna challenge you that if you need that, if you're going through a dark time, that maybe it may be um, a statement that you can say over and over again that'll resonate inside of you and remind you what God says about you, your identity in Christ and your purpose that God has given you. And the last thing that I wanna encourage you with It's community. We need each other. The enemy wants to isolate you. The enemy wants to tell you, as I mentioned at the beginning, you're alone in this. You have to go through this by yourself. No one else has experienced what you're experiencing. And God's not with you, but that is a lie. And one of the most powerful things that we can do in walking through depression and walking through anxiety is to not go through it alone, but that we would trust people to come alongside of us, to encourage us, to lift us up. We need community in our life. And so we try to say this often here at NCC, we live life together. You were not called to walk out this Christian faith alone. You were not called to do this by yourself. 
And let me tell you, as someone who's raised already quite a few teenagers and, and sent a few off into the world, we know this, like as our, our young people and as students and our kids, if they start to pull away, we know, man, that's a danger zone. And so as parents, we press into their lives and we say, hey, we're, we need to talk about what's going on. What are you feeling? What are you experiencing right now? We all need that kind of attitude with people around us that in your workplace that you would listen a little longer. You would listen a little bit more intently. That your ears would be open when people say something and instead of just dismissing it as a casual statement that you would understand, God, maybe they're going through something difficult and Lord, I can be a voice of encouragement in their life. It may be to a family member, but let's do this together. Let's be in community together. Let's not allow anyone to walk through this alone. So I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And let's just take a moment and reflect on what God's been challenging us with through this message. And I wanna start just by praying for you if you're here in this room or if you're online and you feel separated from God. Maybe you did feel like, or maybe you've even still feeling like, God, maybe it's difficult to understand your love because I don't feel good about myself. Or maybe that God's upset with you because your faith isn't as strong as you think it should be. Or maybe at times there's even doubts in your life. And God is not here to judge you or condemn you. But he came. Jesus lived here on this earth. He gave his life because he wants to be close to us because our sin and our mistakes separated us from God and God could not stand the idea of being separated from us. And so he gave his son and his son gave his life. Jesus walked here on this earth and he died on the cross to forgive us of our sins and to give us a brand new start. And today he's inviting you into that relationship. Or if you feel like you've walked away, he's inviting you back. His voice is calling your name and inviting you to come back into that relationship with him. And I wanna lead us in a prayer. I'm gonna ask everyone in this room to pray it, whether you're praying it for the first time or whether you've said it before. If you're watching online, say this out loud with us. Let's pray together. Jesus, I come to you and I admit that I've sinned. I'm desperately in need of a savior, God. So be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone that may have prayed that for the first time or recommitting their life to Christ. The Bible says that and we believe it, that you have a brand new start, that God is doing something inside of you and changing you and shaping you. We believe that this morning and we pray that you would experience that. And so I wanna encourage you, um, we mentioned this earlier, but we're partnered with some amazing counselors and I know we're doing social distancing with COVID, but they, um, they also are meeting with people digitally right now. And so if you're saying, hey, Aaron, I think that would be something that would be helpful or if you know someone else, um, you can go to our website. We'll also post it on our social media um, this week, we'll post that information, El Eldridge Counseling, and they're amazing, some great counselors, and um, at different parts of the year, they meet here at the church, but right now they're doing digitally, and so you can reach out to them and schedule that appointment and begin to talk with someone about maybe what you're feeling or what you're experiencing or just if there's ways that they can help you.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. And we are all in this together. So this week, think of three people. Reach out to them and ask how they're doing. Take a moment and listen. And look for simple ways to help. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new. And we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.